Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio and now i am switching back to zoom my laptop is being particularly weird nowadays where there's like a five second delay on doing everything ah it's starting to die yep it's planned obsolescence is yep. finally happening and Izzy to the mix here hello 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 how are you today sir i'm doing okay i am recovering from a night of dealing with a dog that was throwing up or diarrhea in um, between the hours of 1 and 5 a.m. Oh, the fun hours. Yeah, that was a, it was a hell of a night. Hell of a night. But he's, he's doing fine now. He's, he's eating chicken and rice for a day until we see how he, how he does. Is it a puppy bachelor party or something? Or? It's, well, because my, my wife has already left for Washington State. Um, so it's just tugboat and I for the next couple of weeks until I can move up at the very beginning of January. Yeah, so we're just a couple of we're just a couple of dog bachelor boys. Oh uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, he got into your uh, freezer burritos and all hell broke loose. I really don't know <laughs> what it could have been other than like like changing his food a little bit. And maybe I uh, gave him too many tortilla chips. Um, but that wasn't what he was throwing up. Or, right. or, or <laughs> Is that diarrhea. part of his regular diet? Or <laughs> uh, A little bit. He maybe was getting a little bit more than usual. <laughs> and cheese. And maybe a little... Uh... He is so picky. He, He's a he very a picky Taco eater. Bell Grande nacho plate, Steve. Uh, no, not that, <laughs> that oh, shit does not enter my house. Oh, it might have been the mole sauce. Yeah, a little yeah. chocolate in there. Yeah. I tell you, he was leaving that mole all over. <laughs> oh, my condolences. He was serving it soft serve. Pu- yeah. Puppyhood is already difficult, and then when puppies aren't well, it's an extra, extra level of hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, so, he, uh, you know, he's feeling I, dr- better, I drugged so. him up. I gave him his his Prozac and gave him a Xanax, uh, so he's mellow all day. He did okay at the dog park. I had to go pick up some moving boxes from a friend of mine, uh, and he's big on Stranger Danger, so he was not into that, but he chilled out a bit. But yeah, he was, he was a pretty good boy today, considering he also is going on you know, not very much yeah, sleep. The, the first day after shitting yourself, that's that's always the... <laughs> you're always a little tender. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You just you, you don't really feel like doing anything. It's the don't, weirdest don't thing. Don't want to hang out with strangers. No, don't really no. want to go hang out at the amusement park. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to go on that slide today. I think I'm good. 
Having been found guilty of the crime of murder, it is the judgment of this court that you be sentenced to die, and may God have mercy on your soul. The government gave her a choice. Death. Or life. We've decided to give you another chance. As an assassin. We need a young female operative. I think she's the one. What are I going to do? Girl number five, take out the bad guys. Do not shoot the good guys. What do you do when you're most uncomfortable? Okay, come on, come on, hit me. I hit. Oh! I want immediate improvement or she gets a bullet in the brain. You might want to try smiling. Why are you so serious? He mentioned the word bullet and he mentioned the word brain. You hear me? Your name is Claudia Doran. You live in Venice, California. Where are you from? It's not a trick question. Chicago. And your code name is Nina. Hello? Nina. One hour. There are three people sitting behind you on the balcony. I don't understand. I want you to put two bullets in the VIP. Once she took their deal, she passed the point of no return. How are you? Just blew up a hotel. How the hell do you think I am? You like living with a ghost. In a minute. You never tell me anything. You like that you made me into something different. Please, Bob. Let me go. They never thought she'd want to leave it. If you pull this job off for me, I'll see what I can do down. Bridget Farnborough. Point of no return. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is... Everything I learned from movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Oh, we are continuing the incredible <laughs> theme month of Lady Shoot First. Woo! With 1993's Point of No Return. Oh, man. Oh, but babe, we're not alone for this one. What? That's right. We have from the Grind Bin and Burn After <gasps> Pitching podcast, the one, the only, Michael Tanner. Welcome! Woo! Ding dong, I'm at the door. Let me in as if I were uh, David Bowie visiting Bing Crosby for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't you come right on in, Davey? Well, we're going to sing the Little Drummer Boy in a very weird way. Uh, <laughs> every version of the Little Drummer Boy is weird. So. Yeah, that's not a good song. It is not. No, although I will say my favorite's probably the one off the, I think it's off Harry Simeon Corral album, and it's like Rastafarian style. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Okay, I, I can get behind <laughs> that. Why don't you uh, hum us a few bars, babe? Here, I'll get you started. Oh, I gotta add the steel drum going. Yeah, I played you that version. Have you? I have. I'm it's sure it's right off right like right. a like a 70s album. Maybe maybe I'll put a little clip right in here. <laughs> I am a poor boy tomorrow. 
<laughs> that was amazing. I'm going to go buy that album. Available on Amazon right, right now. <laughs> go through the link, which we don't have anymore. Uh, uh, I was going to say, maybe, maybe skip Amazon. As of the night of this recording, they got six of their workers killed and probably more. They're Oof. still pulling bodies out of the collapsed warehouse because they didn't let the workers take shelter at their warehouse when a tornado came through. God damn. And the people who couldn't get physically get to work the next day, they rode up because apparently they couldn't find any record of a tornado in that state. That's Illinois. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's an uh, ongoing thing. Maybe it's aboard that uh, shuttle that was carrying Michael Strahan into space. <laughs> uh, anyway, fun times. Point of no return. Uh, Mike, why uh, why this particular? Oh, I, I love Point of No Return. I have loved it since it came out. Um, pretty, you know, I don't think I actually saw it in the theater. I think my friends and I, we rented it after it was on video. And there was a whole thing. We knew it was a remake of a French movie. And then we watched the French movie, especially because you have to remember at this time, like, uh, I think this is pre-Tarantino. I think this is pre-Pulp Fiction, but not too far yeah. before it. Yeah, just like um, the year before. It was like Reservoir Dogs came yeah, out. So it, like, yeah, so it like after that, after Pulp Fiction came out, like that this movie would have been made entirely differently. Um and it probably would have been a little closer to more stylized like the French version. But the French version is very French. Uh oh, yeah. and I I I appreciate Brigitte Fonda, Gabriel Byrne, and Bancroft, Dermot Mulrooney. Olivia Diabo. Uh, I appreciate these actors in this very early '90s action action flick. Absolutely, I, I I hadn't seen this since yeah, like at first on video, like '94, '95, something like that. It was like, oh yeah, this is a this is pretty sweet. And then I think like the USA series La Femme Nikita was coming out, and I was like, oh yeah, it's based on a movie, and this is also based on the same movie. And so I was like. Okay, I gotta go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, that, there's a lot. Um, I was gonna say, like, watching it, I, I literally just finished rewatching it uh, for this podcast no more than an, half an hour ago. Um, and I was shocked at how much I remembered, not just the movie, but the trailer. Like, I remembered what lines and what shots were in the trailer for this movie. Yeah, um, just like little like little quips, like Gabriel Byrne saying he mentioned the word bullet, he and he mentioned the word bullet, and he mentioned the word brain. Like that's <laughs> that stuck with me. Like, and I know that's in the trailer. Um, yeah, the kitchen f- shooting. Yeah, like, yeah, and her, like, the, her, like the board. Uh, yeah, diving down like the chute or whatever uh, to yeah, escape the laundry chute. Yeah, that's classic. Nice. Well, before we get too in depth into this movie, I don't know about you, babe. I'm I'm a little thirsty. And I'm a little sober. We have, from Uinta Brewing, a season pass. Vanilla Porter. Ooh. Yeah. Guys, I love porters this time of year. I'm going to pop this top. Oh, my top. Nice. <laughs> and the pour. This is a beautiful brown beer, nice and clear. It has a khaki-colored head with lots of tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles make me happy. The aroma is Ooh. definitely like, like, it's like, it's drier than you think it would be. Uh, definitely like dark chocolate sort of coffee forward. And you get that hit of vanilla, which like yeah. sweetens it back up. 
Yeah, Steve's going in for the sip. Yeah, nice smooth. Got the vanilla. You know, it's kind of artificial vanilla, but but it's not overpowering or anything. It mixes well with like the like roasty, chocolatey notes. Oh, maybe we'll see. We'll see on here. Oh, natural flavors. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here we go. Yeah. But yeah, not bad at all. Nice and smooth. You could drink this all day. Oh yeah. Uh, well, Mike, are you? A, I you know I am drinking something as well. Excellent. I am taking a nice long. A uh, sip from a cup of coffee that I left on my desk yesterday morning Ooh, and age. just discovered it here. Uh, oh, and I'm like, yeah, I'll drink this day old coffee sitting on a desk. So that's how much I love coffee. you I'm assuming. No. Okay. Only if it's that... a special occasion. Uh, are you, what are, what are the notes you're getting off of this day old <laughs> coffee, dry aged mm. coffee? You know, it is the, uh, it is the cost plus world market. Uh, Kona, Hawaiian Islands, Melikimiki, the you know how Hawaiians say Merry Christmas and there's that whole song and it's <laughs> Melikihikihaka. I think I got it that time. It is the Melikihikihaka uh, holiday uh, blend. So there's some notes of um, uh, just coffee. It just tastes like coffee. Uh, there's nothing. No uh, pineapple. No, no, yeah, no pineapple. No um, sugar cane. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just kind of tastes like coffee, you know. Excellent, excellent, and and even with the open fermentation, it still retains. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> still retained its uh, its coffee aromas. Excellent. Well, 1993's point of no return, ladies and gentlemen, from director John Badham. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked. We've done like five of his movies apparently <laughs> because he's the director of Saturday Night Fever. Dracula 79, War Games, Short Circuit, Stakeout, Bird on a Wire, This, Drop Zone, Nick of Time, and then TV episodes of like Psych and Supernatural and stuff. Steve, when are we doing Nick of Time? (laughs) (laughs) We've been threatening to every time we bring him up. (laughs) Uh, We do have Walking in a Winter Wonderland. (laughs) I mean, spoilers. But Those are this, some uh, choice movies. I am uh, apparently I'm a big fan of his without realizing it. Like I love Short it Circuit. A, lots of different genres too. Like Saturday Night Fever, you have the disco movie. You have Dracula '79. You have War Games, Short mm-hmm. Circuit. Uh, uh, yeah, was it action comedy like Stakeout and Bird on a Wire? Mm-hmm. Drop Zone, which is prime Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Dracula '79 the um? Frank Langella. The Frank Langella one. Okay, yeah. wow. That one's wild. Like, um, I just I just watched a YouTube video that was like a deep dive in the history of that movie and how like like the studio corrected the color palette. Um, yeah, made it like more black and white. Yeah, we watched it for the first time back in October. So yeah, well, no, Badham, Badham. I, I like I always like saying Badham. He's a Badham. Badham oh. wanted it to look more black and white. But the studio was like, no, you need to make it color. So they like saturated the colors. And the director's cut is the one that looks more like black and white sepia tone. Oh, okay. But that was the one that he had to... It, it took until like the recent Blu-ray to for that version to get an official American release, I guess. Like it was, it was available on like a German Blu-ray from like the early 2010s. But like this oh. latest one is the first official American release. Uh, one moment sorry my uh cat cameron has attacked my face while podcasting and is <laughs> now sitting on my chest so she's attempting to crawl inside of steve's nose at this moment yeah <laughs> Fucking weird cat. All right. 
She wants to be part of you. <laughs> <laughs> Make it weird, kid. Uh, but this is, of course, the American remake of La Femme Nikita by Luc Besson. Who's Steve? Yes, yes. I, <laughs> babe, you know who Luc Besson is, right? He, uh, did, he did the some bullshit in a thousand planets, right? I mean, that's towards the end. But uh, <laughs> he started off with, you know, Nikita, Leon the Professional, Fifth Element. Uh, oh, that Messenger, the the Joan Ar- uh, oh. Joan Arc movie. Uh, yeah. God damn it, cat, calm down. She's and he did um, the Final Battle. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Where it's just no, a what's that? oh, it's it's there's literally four people in this movie. It's a po- or there's there's four main characters. Um, it's a post apocalyptic movie. Uh, a French guy, uh, of, of course, of course, uh, yeah, and yeah. then who. Um, like lives like in an, in a post-apocalyptic like office building with some other like post-apocalyptic businessmen. Uh, he leaves on a hang glider to go into the city to try to find other people. Um, and he encounters Jean Renault, who's the only other um, human he encounters for a while. And it's just them trying to kill each other um, oh. for a while. It's, it's, it's a pretty neat post-apocalyptic movie. Cause it also has like bizarre kind of surreal elements. Like at one point, it just starts raining fish from the sky. Um, <laughs> what? But uh, I, I highly recommend track track it down. Uh, the final battle, the French name is of course like Le Grenier combat. You know, is is it French. early nineties or something? Like oh that? no, it's early eighties. Like it's Ooh. oh, it, it, I think it's his his first feature. Oh, nice. Well, and of course, also you know the transporter franchise, uh, District B thirteen, and the the Brick Mansions remake. Unleashed, Revolver, Columbiana, coming soon. <clears throat> uh, Lucy, yeah, Valerian, and the, was it Planet, thousand, City of a Thousand planets. planets? Which was such a good, like, concept that makes me more angry at it because they picked the most unlikable actor and actress in the entire world. Like, you recast that movie with, basically, you make it an Archer season? That's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> This uh, screenplay comes from Robert Getchell. Who's he, Steve? Uh, he did Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Mommy Dearest, created 201 episodes of Alice, This, This Boy's Life, and The Client. Wow. Yeah. Alice. Alice. Yeah. She doesn't live here anymore, apparently. No. Is that, is it, was he actually involved in the show at all, or does he just get the credit because it's based on his movie? I'm guessing it's probably like he gets the creator credit because he made the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was showing up and being like, I like it when she says, kiss my grits. Like, I I feel like he probably was not involved in that aspect of it. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Uh, But the other screenplay writer is Alexandra Saros, whose credits are this and babe, one of your favorite movies of all time that actually I think came out like the same year. Uh, The Specialist. Ooh. Oh snap! Because we have more and fun <laughs> facts about this movie and, <gasps> and the, the specialist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that stupid dumpster fire of a movie. <laughs> uh, Bullets are too imprecise. <laughs> I hear you can control your explosions. Fucking hell! I'm in. I'm sold on that premise. Uh, as... I just also really like. James Woods insulting fucking everyone in the entire cast, and I'm not sure it was scripted. Line of dialogue. Personal insult. (laughs) Nice jacket. Your condescending compliment. compliment. Yeah. Mike Tanner, have have you seen The Specialist? 
Yes, uh, <laughs> probably not since it came out because that's that's Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone, right? Uh, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. That's a, and James the, Woods as the baddie. And James Woods, who you know, it's weird how like you play a bad guy enough times, you eventually become it. Um, oh, oh, he's a horrible human he's being, but horrible. I will stand by. That translates beautifully on screen. He plays a monster on screen, and it's amazing. I, I will of, give you John Carpenter's Vampires, where he's the yes. hero, and you love to hate him. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite movies is Diggstown, which is all James Woods. That's the uh, boxing one. With, like, yeah, the boxing one is Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, Lauren Graham as the love interest, who is way too long for young for james woods like yes like, that time not like in hollywood way yeah like he's in his 40s solidly in his 40s she's in her early 20s like she could still con- convincingly play a teenager in a hollywood movie at that point and she's paired with him and, and that's awful but i love Dickstown. um I, but it's a hard watch with james woods in it still but yeah like <laughs> the specialist um the point of no return and assassins are that kind of that very '90s action movie that's not over the top? It's not Schwarzenegger, but it's <laughs> uh, like let's uh, let's think about that before we commit to it. Uh, like <laughs> where it's like there, it's dumb action, but also feels like these are like a human was involved. A human wrote yeah, yeah, it. Somewhat, they maybe did grounded. Yeah, yeah. It's like Schwarzenegger action, movies at that let's point. Let's add some soap opera music to the background. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we may be forgetting Rod Steiger played like a Colombian drug lord in The Specialist, but <laughs> <laughs> he's a chameleon. That Rod Steiger. Oh well, that's just it. That's that's why we keep forgetting. <laughs> Once he plays a part, it's eternally his. Indeed. Uh... Uh, speaking I of mean, playing parts, Gary Oldman, you can't even tell when they're in a movie. <laughs> yeah, oh man, if Gary Oldman, okay. Um, well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, as you mentioned, incredible star-studded cast with Bridget Fonda, Gabriel Byrne, Dermot Mulroney, Miguel Ferrer, uh, Harvey Keitel pops up out of nowhere, and I yep. about right? lost it. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Lewis, Michael Rappaport, Livy Dabo, yeah, yeah, just everybody's in this movie. It's fantastic. Uh, and did you uh, did you watch this on Amazon Prime like we did? I did, I did. Uh, I guess kind of spoiler alerts ahead of time. Was it worth the three bucks? Or did you well, purchase I kinda... it for six? <laughs> was it three? Yeah, yeah, it was three. Yeah, yeah, it was worth it. It was good. It was yeah. good to return to it because I don't think I had watched it for a good decade. But I know I had watched it when it was on Netflix, probably you know about ten years ago. I remember rewatching it. Oh yeah, that was popping up. Um, okay, yeah. You remember when Netflix had movies, right? When you could just Netflix like watch almost anything on Netflix, and it didn't have to be right. an original movie or like a blockbuster. Yeah, it could like they just had everything. We used to way back in the day watch uh, Magnum PI. Yes, <laughs> there used to be a Grindhouse section on Netflix. <gasps> That's how I like I watched a lot of a lot of those movies that I'd always heard of, but I'd never had the chance to see. Like the original, I spit on your grave. I like I watched that on Netflix. Switchblade oh, Sisters, wow. I watched that on Netflix. You know, well, now they're all on Tubi. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, Tubi, Tubi is so much Netflix. better. I've ranted it about really this is. on other on other podcasts, but Tubi is great. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amazon Prime occasionally, but yeah, whenever we get on Tubi, we just go down a rabbit hole of like five or six hour and twenty minute grindhouse movies that it, like right. recommends from the last one. And it's like, okay, we have to go to bed. <laughs> oh, we were, we legit were talking about, like, if if we paid more attention to Tubi, how many other streaming services could we really cancel? <laughs> like, if we just gave in and became Tubi people, 
Like, we just changed the name of the podcast to To Be Continued. <laughs> Pat pending. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, all right, so this movie starts off in Washington, D.C., of course, uh, with a couple people dragging a corpse through town. I'm like, wait, hold on. And I don't know, I sort of got the vibe he'd been dead for a while. Yeah, and I had completely forgotten about this. Oh, I was very confused. Why they were dragging the corpse. And we're dragging the corpse for a while. Like, oh, yeah. so long that I had assumed that they had dropped it at some point because they were, you know, like above ground and walking past people. But no, they're still just dragging a dead body. Yeah, through like a hobo encampment with like, yeah. you know, the, the drums of fire and all that. <laughs> drums of fire. Yeah. Up next on TV Continued. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, of course, yeah, just dragging them all through the credits with all of the Dutch angles. And, yeah, it's like, okay, I get it. Um, and then they uh, basically, like, rob in a pharmacy. Like, it's this little gang led by Michael Rappaport and, you know, a couple, like, long-haired, ponytail-haired guys. And, yeah, sh- straight out of a music video. Um, and then this this girl, I-, I couldn't even tell it was Bridget Fonda at first, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting to remember this part of the movie. <laughs> I believe this was also the point in the movie when Steve was going, uh, somebody quick, the cameraman's collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> All Dutch angles. <laughs> Dutch angles, uh, very low to the ground, a lot of double exposures. Uh, oh. I guess we were supposed to be like, oh, they're on drugs. and This is what it's like to be on Ooh. drugs. Ooh. Oh, drugs. Yeah, it, it, it would like show Bridget Fonda and then like, I swear like eight millimeter film stock or something. And it's like, <laughs> What's God damn it, Amazon? Are you losing connection again? <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Art, art, got it. Okay, but then okay, so they get to the gate of the pharmacy, um, and they just drop the dead body. The mm-hmm. dead body never factors into anything else ever again. It's not part of their plan to get into the pharmacy. It's yeah. not used as a distraction. They just chose. These characters chose to drag a dead body through the streets and plop it in front of a pharmacy that they were planning to rob. My only guess is either they were going to get some adrenaline because they were overdosing and try to revive it, or they were carrying around in case they needed a human shield. Well, so then, like, there's also the whole scene where, like, they're trying to unlock the gates, and the one guy's going too slow for uh, the guy with the the mohawk, and the mohawk guy uh, shoots it. And he's like, well, we had the keys. I'm like, I wonder if the dead guy had the keys and they were too stoned to think about taking the keys out of his pocket before they got there. No, because no. that dude had the keys and was trying to yeah. undo the lock. Yeah, but he was the, like, had shaky hands. Right. Yeah, that's just, yeah, the owner of the pharmacy, Jeffrey Lewis, he basically comes down oh, with a right. shotgun and like, clack, clack, freeze, motherfuckers. And they're like, well, you're not going to shoot your son, are you? Right? Little Mikey? Bobby or whatever. Your it? baby yeah. boy. What are you doing here? And then there was a fire fight. Blah 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 blah. What? The cops killed everyone. Oh, and then yeah, and then the with cops the, show like, up and start killing people with like a night vision sniper rifle. Like, yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> was that in the trunk? Guys, it's LAPD. Come on, they have this a tank. Is, no, it's DC. Washington DC. Which you, know, you I'm think sure they maybe also they have, have a tank. But like, they show up to a pharmacy robbery, like with high tech weaponry. I think this might be it's take place in the same world as RoboCop. You know what? I was actually kind of wondering when this takes place because I'm like, is this like post-apocalyptic Washington D.C. Like what you know when they were dragging the corpse through, yeah. you know what seemed to be like the encampment from Terminator. You know this whole thing. <laughs> now that you mentioned, did sort of have that like in the not too distant future vibe. Yeah, 
You, I know, mean, maybe. you know that like <laughs> it's in the distant future of 1998 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know that like you know just those movies where it's like ten years from now. Mm-hmm. So you can like, like Free Jack, where Free mm. Jack's supposed to be like so far in the future that there's high technology and whatnot, but everything kind of looks the same. Like dude shirt collars are different, but otherwise like everything basically looks the same. It's like yeah. five years from now or just like maybe ten years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can dig that. Yeah, so that's how you can pass off like thing like cops having more tech than they should and stuff. <laughs> as long as one of them's not a cyborg, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I get the whole scene where yeah, sniper's taking out like all of her friends, but Bridget Fonda, she's like got her headphones on, listening to "It's a Wonderful World" or something like that, or <laughs> I don't know. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. She oh, also right. listens to right. Simone. It's got to be Nina Simone. It's got to right. be Nina Simone. Only thing she listens to. And L7. Only two music groups she listens to. <laughs> and whatever that score is from Hans Zimmer that I, I, I finally <laughs> figured out at the end when they finally sped it up. Like, what? what is this this main theme reminding me of? And it's like, I will survive. Like, <laughs> but it's like a slowed down version of... <laughs> No one. Okay. Oh no! I that I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately went to staying alive from um, you know Saturday Night Fever. Like it's thematic. Because he directed both. He's like, yeah, let's lose that. Let's use staying alive. Just slow it down. Way down. Way down. Yeah, so the, uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch of, like, dead police officers, and of course all of her friends, and she even shoots a couple when they, like, take the headphones off, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah she, like, grabs yeah. the guy's gun and, like, I did headshot. not remember, like, that. So that was shocking. And my, my memory of it was that she gets arrested and she gets the death penalty just because she's there, like, the, the way they charge people, like, oh, you, you were in the getaway car, we're charging you with this cop's murder. Like, I thought it was that. I did not remember that she, like, is so out of it. She shoots a cop, like, through the head. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, give her the death penalty. I get it. Oh, and not only that, she got the death penalty, like, before she could come down on whatever she was on. Like, yeah. it was, right? like, within 24 hours, they got her strapped in. You know what I mean? That's why I, I think it's got to be the the future. And, like, the legal yeah. system has been streamlined. It was either that or cryo prison, but they were full after the whole <laughs> Spartan Phoenix feud. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah she's sentenced to death and meanwhile uh kaiser so's uh, sorry uh, gabriel byrne is watching like the events unfold and uh <laughs> yeah like, like she's sentenced to death like in the courtroom she's like kicking people's asses like trying to escape before like eight people like carry her out she's got Cut- spunk yeah, she's got smoke coming out of her ears. Yeah, uh, smash cut to her strapped to a chair, lethal injection, roll credits. Guys, what do we think of Point of No Return? I, I like Fast that you peed sp- herself at the end. That was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. yeah, that was like okay, guys, come on, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but then, uh, then she wakes up in a white room with white <laughs> curtains at the station. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're introduced to Bob, you know, played by uh, Gabriel Byrne. And he's basically like, hey, um, so we, like, staged your death. You know, here's pictures of your funeral and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is where you're buried. It was a surprisingly good ceremony for a cop killer. Did my mom show up? No. Yeah. Your dad did. That's it. Your dad. Which, uh, there's a lot of implied mommy issues 
um, right? in this movie that never go anywhere uh, and never get brought up after a certain point, which I thought was a, a shame. Well, she mentions the mom when uh, she finally has her heartfelt revelation of why she listens to Nina oh, yeah. Simone. But but then like when she was saying it, it was like, wait, so is the mom dead? Then right. Why was she asked if she was at the funeral. Well, and, and then it's one of those where it's like, is this a real story or is this something she's programmed to say to people because she's got to hide her fantasy? Yeah. In... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no escape from reality. We're at the point of no return, man. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's basically like, hey, so uh, since we basically own you, how'd you like to be a spy? And she's like, what if I don't want to? And okay, he said like row 48, plot 12, right? Like where she's in the cemetery. <laughs> Babe, do you remember what you thought she, they had said? No, I don't remember. Like you're, I think, I think you said like you're 48 not 12 yes that's what i thought he said and i was like i'm like what false she's not 48 there's no way that girl is i guess they did put her in cryo sleep for a few years right? age her up oh shit yeah there we go maybe i don't know i didn't have the subtitles on but i figured that's what he was alluding to like yeah we'll put you back in that plot no problem <laughs> yeah when you explain that it's like oh that makes more sense but yeah um so we cut to i think the next day or whatever uh, Bob goes to see uh, Maggie. Maggie is Bridget Fonda's name in this movie. Um, he just like walks into the room. Hey, I thought I walked right. She's like whooping his ass and like takes him hostage. And they have like a little standoff in the control room. Like, let me out of here. Let me out of here. It's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> By the way, his oh, yes. accent Gabriel came Burns in and out, right? inexplicable <laughs> Irish accent throughout this movie. Yeah, it was really thick for the first act. And then it kind of disappeared when he was like. Trying to be, you know, Uncle Bob later. I'm a hundred percent sure he calls Dermot Mulroney's character Boyo at one point. I'm like, that's too far, Gabriel. Too I'm far. Not Boyo. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I do like that he's he's pretty calm throughout the whole thing. Oh um, yeah. And he's just like, you know, you know, like everyone just keep doing your jobs because because he knows because he you know he pulls the fast one on her where he disarms her after. Like, right, she tries to shoot, but it doesn't. There's no uh, round in the chamber. And he's like, yeah, Never. she tries to like blow her own brains out. And I'm oh, like, that's oh, right. She shit. tries to commit suicide. <laughs> yep, she's done. But then, uh, yeah, Bob grabs the gun, like kicks her down on the ground, and ends up shooting her in the leg. And it's like, <laughs> yes, oh shit. <laughs> that, and that's why I like this movie so much. Is like that's there's all these little unexpected things, like her trying to kill herself, him sh- literally shooting her in the leg. Um, and I like I don't remember I I assume that's probably from the French version and they carried it over because that's just not how American movies are made. Um, yeah. Happy to be wrong, but I I assume that's from the French version and I just don't yeah remember. yeah this movie has a lot like like so much of it it's like okay it's the by the books like like you know how the story's gonna go blah 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 but then every once in a while it's just like yeah definitely more violent than you thought it was gonna be that's right remember it was r-rated at the beginning but not because we're gonna see bridget fonda's tits trust me <laughs> steve was waiting mm. yeah so that those little things did they gave speaking of her tits like... <laughs> <laughs> oh oh you can cut that out sorry <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's things like that that uh like give it stakes and it's like Oh, she might not make it to the end of the movie. She yeah. may not be like our heroine kind of a thing. 
Like, or, you know, like, like anybody, anybody's number could be up at any time versus like in Fast and Furious, you know, Vin Diesel's never going to die. Mm-hmm. <gasps> what? Spoiler, <laughs> dead guys haven't died yet. <laughs> That's true. Dead guys keep coming back like fucking zombies or something. <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, that is my dog barking. Sorry oh, about that. No worries. Hello, doggo. <laughs> yeah, so then we get the, uh. The montage of her like rehabilitating and they're teaching her how to computer and she's banging on the mouse like a, like she's a fucking monkey in a like cage. Like she's a caveman. Yeah. Ugh, no work. <laughs> like, no, no, you just set it down and roll your finger on this. Smash, smash, smash. Nope. <laughs> and and that, so my, my assumption is that she uh, was just fucking with that dude and that she's at least a little computer literate. Because I mean, that or she is. She, yeah, like I feel like ninety three, he'd probably know what a mouse is. I mean, we've all seen Star Trek Four by that time. So. Yeah, <laughs> computer, computer. Uh, oh yeah, we got like the martial arts training where, like, the shittiest teacher in the world. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, he's like, you can hit me in the face, and then like after like ten seconds, he like puts his guard down and rolls his eyes, and that's when she pops him. It's like, yeah, that's when it happens, bro. <laughs> But then we uh, go to the Louis the Fourteenth suite where uh, we have the <laughs> snooty etiquette teacher, I guess, <laughs> Mrs. Brooks herself, and Bancroft. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. And uh, let's see. Yeah, she's basically like, "You should smile. You're a lot prettier when you smile, and you know, good posture and diction and all this fun stuff." And, and she... w- what is it like if something upsets you? Instead of punching or hitting. You should say what, what was it she's supposed to say? I've never let the little things bother me. Is that yes. it? that's it? That's which it. which might be the only plant and payoff in the movie that actually comes back? Yes, because like, yeah. she does she does say that later. She does. She keeps it cool. Yeah, of course we get you know target practice and you know dining etiquette, and she's just like shoveling food in her mouth and stuff. And uh, oh, she's like acting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's being a spoiled little brat. But then, okay, uh, so at one point in that scene, there's like the wine goblet full of yogurt soup or something. Moose, moose. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I like. I I wanted to make sure I wasn't alone in this. I was pretty sure that's a moose. But yeah, also, yeah, like, you serve them in like a, yeah, like a little clear goblet. Yeah, but that's like a fucking wine glass right? of moose, and there's <laughs> a tiny little Cornish game hen. I'm like, I think their menu balance needs a little work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you politely criticize the chef? You don't. Shut up. Eat your chicken. Right. Yeah. Oh, and also, <laughs> we keep getting these little like cuts to like. They're giving her kind of anything she wants, except for like to be free. Like they, they give her stereo and <laughs> they're TV that cage. and yeah. and spray paint. spray paint. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah what the fuck was place. that about? <laughs> they're gonna give her enough uh, rope to hang herself with. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's Bob because uh, they they also like see that Bob has a crush on her at first and then falls in love with her. And so I think yeah, it's Bob, Bob's definitely got a thing for her, buying her affection with like yeah hmm. here. Yeah, I'll oh, give you yeah. all this stuff. But then when she's acting out, we get the scene of Bob going to see, you know, director uh, Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. Again, RoboCop. Who I mm-hmm. forgot was in this, and I love him when he's an asshole in every movie. Oh, yeah, but it's like, hey, no, no, you know, normally it takes about two years to turn age. He's like, you got six months or else. 
<laughs> it's like, well, then we And she her... stops acting out tomorrow where I pop two in her head. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, we get the scene of uh, Bob basically going to see Maggie and, you know, drop the news. Just like, why so serious? And he pulls out a little birthday cake for her. Oh, oh I, I remembered it was your birthday, boy. Oh. <laughs> but then uh but then he's like all right so you need to straighten up or i gotta put an extra hole in your head sorry <laughs> bye see ya and then i guess we immediately cut to six months later and she's like in a dress and speaking french Prim and <laughs> but, proper, yeah. oh yeah because she goes to Anne bancroft and is like can you help me and then she they go up the stairs and then we get a fade to her coming down the stairs and now she's a proper assassin woman yeah, and at first I was like, so this is like later that night? <laughs> and she's like... <laughs> it only took six months of training. Yeah, yeah. You're our best student. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, she gets a she gets a special night out, a dinner out in the town with Bob. Hey, congratulations on six mm-hmm. months. And so they're at dinner and, you know, they're about to order appetizers. And Bob's like, I uh, I got a present for you. Here you go. Oh. Why, don't, why don't you uh, open up that box there? Oh, it's a beautiful wooden box. This is gorgeous. Is this a gun? Oh, yeah. It's loaded, too. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. You see up there those three guys? I want you to shoot the big guy. He's the bodyguard. And mm-hmm. then the other guy. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to run downstairs into the men's room, dive mm-hmm. through the window, and you'll have a car waiting for you. All right. I'm going to uh, go take a shit. Let me know uh, when you're done. Uh, okay. <laughs> So are we going to eat? Because I was, I, I didn't, I didn't really have lunch. Yeah. Well, can, can we eat first? So do I do this no, now or do eat. I wait till... No, you wore that dress. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> can't even have a salad in that thing. Uh, so yeah, she uh, kicks off her heels and uh, basically carries this fucking hand cannon as big as she is up the stairs. Right? No that gun is bigger than eye. her head. No one notices. <laughs> Walks up, pop, 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 pop. Screep! Runs in the men's room, kick, goes in the stall, opens up the door, and oh fuck, it's bricked in! Ah! Roll credits, guys. They what do we out. think? Oh, sorry, not there yet. Uh, so yeah, now she has to shoot her way out, killing more people. Um, she goes into the kitchen, and holy shit, the other bodyguards have like fucking machine guns, and they're just mowing down they do like not sous care. chefs. That restaurant's gonna have to shut down for a few weeks and re and restaff because uh, they lose just about everybody. Why did the last chef leave? Uh, no, need a difference of opinion. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Disagreement with the customer. <laughs> don't worry, it was lead poisoning, not food poisoning. Believe me, the customer is always right here. <laughs> yeah, so we get a nice little shootout scene. Uh, you know, just diving over things. You know, clang, 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 grab our boosh. And then somebody brought a fucking rocket launcher to the room, right? and I'm like, okay, guys, what were you expecting to happen at this fancy restaurant tonight? And yeah, and then, like, for me, I'm like, all right, so the, uh, like, the, the way this goes down, oh, the boss is going to his favorite restaurant tonight. This is going to be great. Load the locket, rocket launcher. Yeah, just have it in the trunk, just in case, you know? You always bring that rocket launcher, and we never use it, and then the guy's like... One time we're going to need it. I just, you know, <laughs> let me bring my rocket launcher. I got a sixth sense about these things. It's like a sniper rifle at a pharmacy break-in. You yeah. never know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Again, maybe maybe they're like tied in the not too distant future. You just get a rocket launcher in the mail every once in a while. The, you know what? The restaurant keeps them there next to the defibrillator and the uh, fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> Break glass in case. Don't get them mixed things. up. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put up the fire. <laughs> Clear. No. <laughs> Uh, but instead, uh, yeah, she shoots her. She like ends up like diving in a dumb waiter, and I'm like, that doesn't lead anywhere, no, right? No, it's not a dumb waiter. It's a laundry chute. It turns out. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So then she plummets to her death. Uh, yeah, in a pile of laundry. <laughs> yeah. What a uh, soiled laundry. She Ooh. will never get the smell of ranch dressing out of her hair. <laughs> That's right. Anyone who's worked in a kitchen knows that. <laughs> yeah, but then she, uh, you know, walks out in the rain. Uh, tosses the gun like off oh, the fucking Oh, and she's totally barefoot Lincoln Bridge. now. Like she's just got her tights on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then she uh, gets back to the base, and I'm like, wait, she went back? Why? Right. <laughs> and of course, uh, Bob's are like, oh boy, oh yeah, passed your final test. Oh, congratulations. Ah, <laughs> uh, put another boot on the shillelagh. I don't know. But <laughs> but then of course he she just like fucking bitch slaps him. And you're like, that's it. You're out. You're out tomorrow. This was your final test. I'm going to miss you. And then they kiss, like, real quick. And then she's like, I'll never kiss you again. Okay. Which I thought was like, oh, that's a good moment. But then later on, she does give him a kiss on the cheek. And I'm just like, you set up that moment, movie. You set it up. And then you, like, you called no attention to when she kisses him on the cheek later, later in the movie. Like, come on. Yeah. Planted payoff. French? I, I don't know. <laughs> miss, miss with your expectations, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, there's like the little uh, debriefing with the, uh, um, uh, you know, director Miguel Ferrer. And he tells a stupid fucking duck joke. I love that joke. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like... <laughs> Uh, please, Michael, if you remember it offhand. All right. So a woman walks into a bar with a duck under her arm. And the bartender says, hey, what are you doing with that pig? And the woman says, what you, pig, what do you mean? This is a duck. And the bartender says, I was talking to the duck. <laughs> I was talking to the duck. <laughs> and so then we, she catches a cab. No, it's good. <laughs> But no, yeah, that's t- good. That's how the moment's played. Is That yeah, is a totally. legitimately funny joke. Yeah. Uh, but everyone, like she, Maggie deadpans it. And Gabriel Byrne is just like, probably has heard that joke every day of his life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like at least there. once a week. And, you so know. he's just like, he no, no sells it. But, you know, come on. Legitimately funny joke. Yeah. Basically, he's like, yeah, just, uh, you know, stay out of trouble. We'll call on you later. Blah, blah, blah. And then she takes a cab to Venice Beach, and I'm like, okay, that's going to be one hell of a bill. (laughs) She's also told that her code name is Nina. And then, even though the movie has repeatedly told us that this this character loves the singer, Nina Simone, and Gabriel Byrne says, your code name is Nina, they make Brigitte... uh, Brigitte Nielsen? Brigitte Fonda, (laughs) Bridget Fonda, say, like Nina Simone... To Gabriel Byrne. I'm like, did like, they think everyone watching this movie was an idiot? Like, yeah, we all got it. We got it the moment he said it. Because you've uh, said Nina Simone's name and how much you love Nina Simone. I'm not going to lie. This is the first time, time I heard of Nina Simone was uh, watching this, this was movie how in the I, 90s. The, yeah. yeah. Like, as a, you know, as a 13-year-old, like, this is how I found out who that person was. Yeah. 
Uh, but <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, she pulls up in Venice Beach, finds a, an ocean view one bedroom apartment for sale, and goes to check it out. And holy shit, it looked like a rock band had torn that bitch apart. Like, yeah, it, and we meet Dermot Mulroney as the guy who who is uh, I guess in charge of this apartment. Yeah, JP. I love Dermot Mulroney in anything, and I especially love, like, dim-witted, nice boy Dermot Mulroney in this movie, because he never plays that character. No, yeah, like, the... Uh, I, I couldn't tell it was him. I was like, it kind of looks like Dermot Mulroney, but, like, this guy's entirely too young, like, from anything else I've seen him in other than... <laughs> like, he looked like a little skinny soft boy. Um, yeah. And he's like, I'm a photographer, and, ooh, and he's like supposed to be funny like he's supposed to get half off my rent if i rent out these uh shitty apartments by the way guys the apartment is a metaphor for her life she's gotta put it together and that that's oh yeah and i guess because there's the part where he's like oh that's not a urine stain uh that's a reference when she peed herself at her execution that's a stretch but you know and then what she's basically like so yeah you're gonna have dinner with me yeah sure and then, like, within hours, she's, like, on top of him and, like, doing the whole R-rated scene, except, you know, we we, we don't see the boobs. Of, uh, There's very Panda. strategically placed hands. Yeah. But, but we, this we also kind of get an idea that um, during her time of training, which I guess was at least six months, maybe up to a year, I don't know what the timeline was, she maybe forgot how normal people are out in the world. Because when she yeah. buys groceries... She has to, like, she's a fucking alien. Like, this this scene is played as if she's an alien. Like, this is from, uh, like, My Stepmother is an Alien with Kim Basinger. She's yeah. just, like, in a grocery store, and she has to watch another person shop to figure out how to buy things and what she it's, should buy. I think it's supposed to be, like, she hasn't made a decision for herself possibly ever because she was oh. getting drug around by the druggy guys yes yeah, she, she was like wa- 12 or something she walks in know. remember she picks up the eggplant first like she's yeah. going to be prim and proper and do her training and then she sees the gal grab the like canned raviolis and is like oh my god i'm an adult i can do whatever i fucking want get it in I'm me I'm not 12. And, and oddly enough that's what dermot Mulroney said later yeah <laughs> oh yeah we get the the whole like relationship montage of them like painting and then fucking and then like painting and fucking fucking and painting taking pictures it sounds very drab yeah Steve, right i know i re- i just realized we've been remodeling the house a little bit <laughs> we've not been doing enough fucking compared to painting i mean we're just usually guys, too goddamn tired. i don't know what the movie movie world will tell you those paint fumes will get to you they really do is that what you learned from movies <laughs> that's what i learned from life unrealistic expectations <laughs> oh okay so, so my favorite part of their awkward pre-sex dinner scene is when um they do the lady in the tramp but they do it with a piece of ravioli. Oh, yeah, that uh, was I gross. don't know. I don't. I don't know what you guys do. I don't know what you're into. I don't. I, like this is no judgment. I will just talk no. about my own personal experience. Um, I had a girlfriend once where we would do like kind of like the sexy food transfer, but normally it would be like with like desserty things. Um, not a canned ravioli. Not a can- we did not it. Chef Boyardee. <laughs> we we tried it once with like like literally like stovetop stuffing. And you know what that sensation was like? Someone shitting in your mouth. Uh, I could imagine. And that's what I imagined, these trading raviolis. They're um, canned raviolis. It, they it, don't have the it, integrity to do this. It's guy. like a mama bird regurgitating <laughs> yeah. baby food. It was just like, she shat in his mouth. 
and then they wait. Fuck. Apparently, wait. that's his thing. Steve, Steve, I hear this is very erotic. No, this no, is, get away oh. from me. Get away. <laughs> no. <laughs> transfer. Food, sexy transfer. Put that cookie down now. <laughs> but man. Yeah, so we get, a, we get a sense of her happy, happy life. Yeah, but then we get the most bullshit scene ever where JP's like, you know, you never tell me anything about you. It's like living with a ghost and I want to know. And I'm like, oh, so he's gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing in this movie. I, I did not remember that they drop a very casual uh, F slur. Um, oh, yeah, that's on. right. And then there's a there's a Olivia Diabo like drops the uh, the D slur um, later. I was like, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. it's the early 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those those were kind of like, oh man, ooh, ninety three. That's right. Wow. It's one of those things like we we've been so long without them that I feel they feel more egregious than they did before. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like oh oh wait you that oh you that you, know, you could say that then and still be the hero in a thing. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it was just something you said. Like you didn't think about the consequences then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, she, he he wants to know, like, what she's about her and what she's thinking. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Where are you? And so then we get a nice little backstory where she's like, the reason I listen to Nina Simone is because it makes me think of my mom. Doesn't go any more into that. And it's like, awesome. And go right back to Pound Town. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He pre- she she pretends to give him something. She's like, it was the first time I heard something that was so taboo passionate. and passionate yeah. and a world that I was never going to be part of. And he's just like, oh, take me now. <laughs> Get in me. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, so then, like, yeah, that night or whatever, you know, post-coitus, uh, there's a ring. Ring, ring, ring on a landline. What? What's that doing there? Uh, she answers the call, and it's... Uh, uh, Nina, we need you to meet at the hotel at 5 a.m. or, you know, five minutes or whatever. And, like, okay, cool. So she goes to the hotel, and, like, in a back room, there's, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, housekeeping people, like, bound and gagged <laughs> yeah. and all that Housekeeping! <laughs> and then there's, like, three tech guys, like, syncing up phones and stuff. And, like, what do I do? I don't know. Wait for the call. Oh, yeah, yeah, here. Put this on. And it's, like, a, the housekeeper outfit. <laughs> And then we see him uh, basically screw a screw something with blinky lights on the bottom. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a bomb, right? On like the bottom of a tea uh, kettle or whatever. And like, oh, so what do I do? Yeah, you just uh, deliver this when they call. I do like that that character, like in that one scene where it's just like, fucking Christ, you need me to hold your hand? Like, just <laughs> just wait. And I was like, just do just do this thing, just just do the job, lady. Like, not everything is a drama. Do yeah. your fucking you seem, job. You see him like roll their eyes and like oh, fucking rookies. Oh, is this All right, your yeah, first, yeah, yeah. We just wait job, here. <laughs> yeah, so she, uh, you know, takes it, takes it up on the cart. You know, she gets frisked. Obviously, I, I swear, one of the guys even gave her a nice little firm open palm slap oh, on the behind. Absolutely, the 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 main guy, like who pats her all the way down. He totally condescendingly, like like right this way, taps her ass. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, she delivers it, goes back downstairs, like, okay, what do I do now? It's like, mm, change and go home if you want. Mm-hmm. You're done. Yeah, We're you're done with you. And of course, as she's driving away, boom, two boom. floors of this hotel are taken out. Oh! Dozens are dead. Bodies are falling all around. No, not quite. Everybody down and bodies all around. That's right. 
I I do kind of wish uh, I know they did it for expediency and like the horrors of what she's involved in, but I I, I think it would have been neat if her first job was just that, like delivered a, a bugged teapot to a hotel room and then got to go home. So she would be like, oh yeah, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. But I guess that that is what she's thinking as she's like getting in the car to go home. She's like, oh, that was easy. That's yeah, pretty yeah, good. That and then cool. you know, massive <laughs> yeah. explosion. I don't remember. I don't know why they gave me all of those. Uh... The, all those classes on how to kill people. <laughs> yeah. Or, or she like sees it on the news later, like the JW Culver City exploded. <laughs> like, what? <gasps> so weird. <laughs> I was just the, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then she runs into uh, Bob and uh, Bob's like, hey, uh, who's this, uh, this guy? Here you got a boyfriend. And she's like, no, leave him alone. Like, just invite me to dinner. I just want to check him out. Just, just yeah. invite me to he, dinner. He makes it sound like, oh, I, I have to I have to meet him for official gotta, reasons. I, I, when we all know he's just like some guy dating this girl I got a crush on. I got to meet him first. Look, international crime mastermind JP is not. <laughs> I will vouch for him on that. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be a weird twist at the end? Like he's like the French operative or something. Or he JP just he starts walking Jean-Paul away and then he something. develops a limp. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. The biggest trick JP ever pulled was convincing the world. And then Gabriel the Byrne boy. just like smiles at the camera, like I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, Uncle Bob gets invited to dinner, and him and JP are just having this fucking pissing contest for some reason oh yeah. my god they like both of them need to calm the fuck down so it's it, it's funny because it's very clear that uh jp s- s- knows that he's not her uncle but he he's trying to suss out what the relationship is um and he's clearly landing on older ex-lover um yeah. but then when it goes into the story like when gabriel byrne like does some real fucking acting and does his uh, USS Indianapolis monologue. Yeah. Um, it's at, at that point, what is JP's like, um, is this supposed to have convinced him that, Oh, he really is her uncle well, or that he's a creeper who's known her since she was a child. Well, so, so here's the thing. Like he, yeah, he starts telling a story like, Oh yeah. I remember when we were out on the farm and you broke that horse and blah, blah, blah. And I can see JP like, Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then Bob says, she was so beautiful. Yep. So beautiful on top of that horse. And I'm like, and you lost him. And yep. Steve, what was your wife's reaction to the scene? <laughs> <laughs> it was also like, oh, so he's the molesty uncle. Yeah, he's yeah. the uncle that he's the uncle that is never brought up in conversation oh. until right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey little girl, is your daddy? Home? Is this why yeah. What are the extradition laws in Ireland? Is that why he's been there and, and has gained this accent? <laughs> Well, and then that was I was I was like uh, next question. Why is your uncle got an Irish brogue? <laughs> yeah, that was what I was waiting for. Like, oh yeah, you know Chicago. Oh, but then but then he wins JP back with a gift. Oh, I have a uh, two tickets to New Orleans for Mardi Gras next week. If you guys want to go. <laughs> I uh, I work for a travel agency. Remember <laughs> travel agencies, kids. Oh, they're still around. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which is the weirdest thing to me is how that. Like, bookstores are struggling, but somehow I still see travel agencies around. 
Oh, I, I, I don't want to go into it. That's, uh, that's, that's so day job. Steve's oh, day right. job. He works for a hotel and deals with travel agents. Look, when I saw those housekeepers bound up, I got very upset. No, anyway. uh, what, and, what, what is it you say about housekeepers? That they're pro- they were probably yoga instructors who got bored? You mean travel agents? Travel agents, that's what I meant. Yeah, oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> yeah Travel yeah. agents were they're, yoga instructors who got bored. They're real estate agents that got bored. I think. <laughs> they're uh, real estate agents who, dis- who realized they could get a hotel discount. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They have many business cards. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so then we cut to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, around Canal Street. Woo! We, oh, uh, a whole lot of crackers on Canal Street. We check off our grind bin bingo card as we stare down a bear man's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was like, oh, is this the only nudity that's going to be in this? Yeah, I, I was like, bold choice, making it, a du- a, making it a dude's butt. But then shortly yeah. after, we do get some boobs. Yeah, it took him about five seconds to be like, oh, yeah, girls, too. Ah! We get, like, half a second of boobs, and it's like... Yeah, yeah. and then back-to-back right. sack. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a little something for the ladies? Question mark? <laughs> it winked Guys, at me. Ladies, ladies don't want to see your back sack. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, then, uh, then for some reason, JP and uh, Maggie go strolling down a dark alley for some reason. I'm like, well, they're going to get killed. And, uh... I was honestly like, oh, this is when he finds out that she's, like, a Mortal Kombat champion. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is Sonya Blade. She's yeah. gonna she's gonna completely rip the spine out of a guy <laughs> who's gonna mug him, and then he's gonna be like, what? Yeah, and instead, uh, yeah, two, pretty much what happened. Yeah, two guys come up like, hey, we want your wallets! And she, like, fucking spin kick, nut punch, <gasps> kick yeah, him in a trash it? can. Yeah. And then they just go back to the hotel room, and, uh... <laughs> You're so hot when you beat up dudes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I like, like, I like works. J- JP is all just like, oh, man, you, you took him out before I got a chance to. I was about to, uh, oh, yeah. I was about to like, throw down that guy. I'm not totally emasculated, because I'm a soft, soft little boy. <laughs> look, I mean, girls look at like hands. tender guys yeah. as well, all right? No, no guys out there think that women don't want a tender guy. Got, girls love a tender guy. I, I, I recently heard, I forget what like model or actress did it, was on some talk show talking about like Pete Davidson and about how like guys oh, yeah. do not understand how Pete Davidson can keep getting these women. Um, and she's just like, he's a sensitive boy who's honest about his issues and has a great relationship with his mom. Of course women are going to like him. I was yeah, like, it, oh yeah. It's all those lead singers of bands that you don't like. <laughs> They're doing the same thing, pulling tons and tons of amazing strange. Right? <laughs> but, uh, uh, speaking of strange, uh, they decide to order room service while Dermot Mulroney's, like, slowly stripping Bridget Fonda. She's, it's like I don't know, trying to butt. order off it's an imaginary menu. <laughs> was that, Mike? It's like, it like, like he's getting ready to eat her butt. Yeah, like he is just back there, like pulling down pants. Oh, and she's yeah. trying to make a phone call. She's ordering pecan pie and uh, like <laughs> and salad. He's like, I don't need any chocolate pudding. I'm already there. <laughs> and then we just strip on this feed bag. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, but then uh, she gets a call back, and <gasps> there's a location we need you to be at. And she's like, Oh, uh, okay. Um, I, I, I feel filthy. I need to go take a bath. And that's where I'd be like, 
Uh, yeah, you're probably right. We have been walking all over New Orleans right. and get drunk. So. And as somebody who's been in New Orleans, well, not during Mardi Gras, <laughs> but like in the fall and that, it is still hot and muggy. <laughs> I'm surprised the term swamp ass wasn't thrown around. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, she like opens up, uh, I don't know, one of the, the drawers in the bathroom, because that's a thing too. Um, and there's a silent sniper rifle. What? She's really lucky that he didn't go looking for, like, the blow dryer or the iron. <laughs> yeah. Hey, honey, do you know where that toothbrush kit is? I forgot. What the fuck? Yeah. Bam! Our hotel room came with a sniper rifle! Okay. And then comes the absolute stupidest fucking scene of this movie. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, like, uh, I don't know, on a cell phone or something. The guy is like, okay, you have to look out through the, the window there across the street and take out the target. Uh, what target? I don't know yet. I haven't been told. And then the like, whole scene of her, like, quietly trying to break out this little window and set up the rifle. Meanwhile, what's JP doing outside in a completely separate room with a closed door between them? Oh, uh, you know, I think maybe we could, um... Uh, maybe turn this uh, vacation into uh, an engagement trip? Because oh, I'm yep. a dummy? Like, that, yeah. is, that is the worst. I'm like, oh, shut up, dude. I'm in the shower, honey. I yeah. can't hear I'm you. I'm taking a bath, remember? Do you want to at least come in the same room? You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, what, what, what's the eagle look like? What am I looking for? <laughs> uh, it's the, the, the woman in white. Woman in white. Take her out. Uh, uh, I don't, Honey, why aren't you answering me? Bib? Bib? I'm, I'm committing a murder. Can you hold on? Yeah, just a minute. <laughs> it's, it's what, the scene always makes me think of um, that scene in The Jerk with Steve Martin. Oh, but yeah. it's like, this is the reverse where it's Steve Martin's in the tub and he and Bernadette Peters is, is on the other side and she's writing him a Dear John letter. And he's like proposing to her from the bathtub. Yeah. This is, so I was like, "Oh, this is the funny like reverse uh, of that of that classic comedy scene." Except this is played for um, not laughs, but it is funny. It's the uh, Luc Besson short story Le Jerk. <laughs> look, look! What if she was taking a big shit on the yeah, toilet? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, that's what I've been doing. I'd have, I'd have been like, you know, like jostling some water. Like, oh, sorry, babe. Just, just a minute. Let me finish up Those in here. Those caught up with me. Can we have this yeah. discussion in like ten minutes? <laughs> the the etouffee didn't sit right. Yeah. Where's that pecan pie? I'm almost empty. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So. So yeah, pew pew, she takes him out, and then JP just like walks in the room or whatever, and and she's like sitting in there like I I, I don't know, it's just isn't a good time for me or I don't know some shit like that. Or, uh, I, she, I've done horrible things like in a, my past. Yeah, she does like a weird confession, like I I did a terrible thing, and I'm gonna pay for it the rest of my life, uh, which is just vague enough because he finds the broken window. So yeah. that's just vague enough where you could be like, oh, shit, like I triggered her uh, and she punched out a window. Oh, there's a bunch of cops outside the window now. Oh, there's like they're around a dead body. Huh, I'm sure this has nothing to do with anything going on here. <laughs> right. It's Mardi uh, Gras. He had no idea there was a dead body. Yeah. He's going to get home and be like, babe, oh, my God, you see this? That's just a Tuesday in New Orleans, man. Somebody got murdered in the hotel across from us. Super weird, right? It was By the like way, some I, kind I'm of cosplayer. So... I'm so glad that you like punched that window out after taking that huge shit because I didn't smell anything. It worked really well. I don't think well. the fan was working at all. 
was, I was I able to negotiate a discount on the room. I couldn't smell you over the smell of the city. <laughs> no offense to Orleans. But, yeah. you, but you have a smell. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Let, let's not present. <laughs> Uh, what happens from here? Oh yeah, and when she like pulls the rifle out of the tub, I'm like, well, that's ruined. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good bit. Yeah, yeah. So like the next day, she like goes to see Bob, and she's like, I want out. This is bullshit. And of course, Bob's like, I don't know, boyo. We kind of own you. You're dead. Remember? You did like one and a half jobs, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, when you kill as many people that we want you to as cops that you killed to get you in the <laughs> right? situation, then we can start talking about I don't know, per diem. You know Maybe what I mean? Vacation. It is also weird, like that they show when she returns to returns to the headquarters that they are there's they're always training. There's always like. 10 to 20 people training. Um, that's a lot of assassins to kind of just like have out in the world. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like a new one a month. I mean, okay, Mike, you might be a novice in this world, but uh, being a child assassin myself at one point, I can tell you. <laughs> Wait, as a child assassin, does that mean you were an assassin as a child or that you specialize in assassinating children? Who's going to get this closer to a child than another way. child? So I can be both. <laughs> like the little like that russian girl in the orphan exactly she's actually 40 but she looks like she's eight unfortunately i aged out of the actual being a child assassin blending in when i was like 10 years old and already like five foot eight so <laughs> he was taller than his wife in like the fourth grade <laughs> so then i was just a child assassin and so then uh what happens we, bob's like oh yeah we have the next job for you <laughs> Uh, you have to impersonate this uh, guy's girlfriend, uh, get some disc with, you know, the, the, the nuclear information that will bring power to the entire world or something. I assume that's what it was. And uh, and then kill him. And she's like, so this will be my last job, right? And he's like, no, 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 not even, <laughs> not like even that. close. He's like, no, no, it's just, it's just another job, lady. <laughs> your, your last job will be about five minutes after you're dead. So then uh, she goes to visit Anne Bancroft and be like, hey, um, do you ever just want to leave and just like leave? Like, what happened if you just left? You've been doing this for decades. And she's like, I, I don't want to find out. I'm not going to because I don't know what will happen. You just <laughs> yeah. got to do your job and smile. You, can you smile about it, please? Can everyone smile? Because I don't want to get killed. Right. I'm pretty sure however it ends involves a toe tag. So... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, then they uh, start doing the research on the girlfriend with uh, uh, some other lady assassin who I was like, oh, it's the girl from uh, Eon Flux like 10 years from now. <laughs> Wasn't that the, uh, the, the non-Sherlise Theron one? The, the one with the, uh, the hand feet? Anybody else remember that movie? Just me? <laughs> did, no, I, I, I did not see that one. I recognize that actress from um, Orange is the New Black. Uh, she had a, like a she was the bad guy on the second season if memory serves. Oh okay. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's like twenty years later too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they um, let's see what happens here. Uh, JB comes in on them oh, studying, that's right. and oh. he is like he fucking knows at this point that it's some um, heavy shit. I assume he maybe thinks that she's a high end call girl. 
Like that's what I would assume in his position. Like oh, my girlfriend yeah. seems to have uh, income from nowhere and travels uh, unexpectedly and has a weird cover story. Uh, and there and has no one from her actual life involved, and like a creepy old Irishman comes and creeps on her. She's probably a high end prostitute, right? I, I feel like I would go there before I'd go. She's probably a highly trained assassin. Although after she kicked those guys' ass in New Orleans, I could see maybe we'd be like, yeah, maybe she's like a secret agent. No, that doubles no. down on her being a prostitute. Yeah, Are you yeah, kidding yeah, me? yeah. That, she can that, handle like, herself in the streets. That's like day one of hooking. Your pimp teaches you how. Ah, oh, you always got to carry a switchblade and you know, twist it when you stab it in, so it doesn't heal right. You know that kind of shit. Uh, don't ever do that voice again. As <laughs> <laughs> a pimp named Slickback. No. <laughs> and if anyone, right, no, actually, you should audition for the, the Deuce on HBO. Exactly. Uh, Those are my favorite pimps of of all time. Were on that show. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so yeah, so yeah, they uh, they go to uh, basically pose as like uh, the the hairdresser for the, the the girlfriend of the bad guy or whatever. Yep. And she, played you know, by she's... Olivia Diabo. Okay, it's like one of those actresses who like I can't name another. I can name two movies that she's in. This one and Bodies Rest in Motion and Conan the a... Destroyer. Oh, that's right. Yes. When she's like 12 or something. Yeah, like Wonder Years, right? Um, so it's like weird. Like, it's weird that she's playing this part where she has to play like uh, Eastern European, like bitchy woman. Um, <laughs> it's like, you couldn't you couldn't get like an actual Eastern European? You, you could know? get Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> give her a job. Because um, it's also not like Bridget Fonda and... Um, Olivia Diabo look anything alike. No. Um, so it's like, huh. All right, I guess she needed a paycheck. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, she, she's probably friends with Luc Besson from some some project over in France. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But, uh, yeah, basically they uh, go out on the patio and uh, they're about, they offer her some tea and she's like, Ugh, I don't want y'all shit tea and, like, slaps it out of her hand. And, and it's like, all right, plan B. Fucking, like, get her in a headlock and stab headlock a needle injection. in her neck. <laughs> because <laughs> that's not like weird at all and of course one of the security guards is like what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> and then just immediately starts blasting <laughs> <laughs> and uh the the other assassin lady she gets hit like in the shoulder at first i like i think she was confused on where she was supposed to be hit because she's like looking around and like looking at her legs i'm like I-, I don't i don't see any blood Did, you got hit though right i thought it like hit you in the chest or something <laughs> And then she's like, "Oh no, it's my shoulder." Ah, that's ah, right, this one. Ah, 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 we gotta, we gotta call, uh, we gotta call our handlers. Yep. We're supposed to call them if anything goes wrong. And um, we were told not to kill these guys, and we totally fucking killed them. Well, we and better then, go report in. And yep. Maggie knows, like, don't, do not, do not call in. That is, uh, that is, d- please don't do that. But she calls in, and they're gonna send a cleaner. Which it's weird because Maggie knows immediately what that means. Where the other girl, who I don't know if they established that it's her first assignment, but she seems way more naive. Yeah. Um, or is the or is the idea that Maggie is so special because she is like more savvy than like <laughs> she the, she's more dead to emotions. <laughs> yeah, like she's gonna be like, oh yeah, there's no way that's gonna be good. Where this other girl is more naive and be like, oh yeah, we do what we told. The, the mission goes wrong. We call him this guy. He's gonna fix it. Everything's gonna be fine. Where Maggie's yeah. like, oh fuck, this is gonna go bad. <laughs> And and Michael, who's this cleaner that they send? We've got 
the 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 man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, Mr. Harvey Keitel walks in with the sweetest like horned rim glasses and the nicest like fifties dad combed combed hair, looks yep. like a total nerd dad, carrying two briefcases, walks in like he owns the place, gets stopped by a security guard who's like Hey, you know we've heard their shots. You might want to just shoots that dude in the chest and like yep. pushes him into the into the elevator. He is yep. not effing around. Yep, Mister Wolf him fucking self shows yep. up and starts cleaning. Just pow 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 pow. And then okay, and then when they throw uh, uh, the the girlfriend Olivia Diabo or whatever mm-hmm. in the tub, and he's like pouring fucking lye or whatever in there, he's pouring acid or acid, yeah, whatever. But it, it's it is. so bizarre because neither one of the girls say anything. They yeah. they know and they see that it's acid because literally the bottle says hydrochloric acid on it. Yeah, yeah uh, neither right. one of them say anything until he starts pouring. And Olivia Diablo wakes up and starts, like, screaming and coughing. You see the legs kicking. Yeah, her legs are kicking. And Harvey Keitel, also not very observant, because he's all like, she's not dead. Like, yeah, you didn't notice this person was fucking breathing when you put them in in your death tub. Like, everyone needed to be a little bit more on the ball and paying attention. Uh, But then the other lady assassin, she's like, oh, my God, I I, got to call the cops in. Harvey's like, nope. (laughs) Fuck that shit. (laughs) And he give and Harvey Keitel gives Maggie the look like, "Are you going to be a problem?" And that prompts Maggie to be like, "You know, I don't, I don't let the little things bother me." Like she's she, we do the callback to the, you know, smile and just go along with everything. Are you a little Fonzie? Say you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be okay. Yeah, say, say the, the goddamn words. words. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Meanwhile, Livy Dabbles, I fucking died, man. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, but then, yeah, she. I'm dying. Uh, I'm <laughs> fucking dying. Yeah, so then uh, Maggie, I don't know, puts on the girlfriend's outfit or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, drive off. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. The cleaner, like, drives her off in, I guess, her yeah. red Mustang or whatever. Yeah. And then drops her off, like, at the front of the mansion at night. I'm like, how long would drive was it? Eh, don't worry. And no, then, I, you know, I did not even catch that. But, yeah, it's daytime. <laughs> I mean, traffic, you know. And it's it was probably it's rush hour. implied that, I mean, the hotel is in Hollywood. And it looked like, because um, I recognize the street scenes, because I'm a Hollywood, L.A., like, scene nerd. Um, and they drive, the house, I think, is very much implied to be, like, in the Hollywood Hills, like, I yeah. think that windy road is supposed to be Melrose, like, windy parts. <laughs> High atop the Mulholland view shelf. Oh, yeah, yeah Mulholland Drive. It's supposed to be Mulholland Drive. Yeah. You know what, though? It might have been, uh, it might have been like, La Jolla. It might have been down by San Diego, because that area looks like that, too. Mm. Maybe, it, yeah. Which is where the uber-rich live. They don't live in oh. Los Angeles, even even up on Mulholland Drive, and uh, would be, like, an hour and a half, two hours with mm. traffic. But then that brings the question of, okay, well, well, when we get there, I'll bring up my, my next question about, like, where this is taking place. Okay, no, no. so they, uh, Harvey Keitel, they pull up. He, they're like, oh, you got a new driver. And she's all like, fuck off, you, because the <laughs> girlfriend's like an asshole. Um, and so Harvey Keitel, I guess, hit the plan is he just sits in the car while everything goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so then Miguel Farrar calls Gabriel Byrne to be like, yeah, the cleaner got called in. Uh, once uh, your girl finishes the job, the cleaner's going to finish her. 
Uh, and so Gabriel, like, and they're on video phones, which I thought was a nice future touch. In the not too distant future. Yeah. 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 Like, like, it definitely had, like, a, like, in 10 more years sort of vibe. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of looks like they're talking to each other on a Game Boy Advance screen. <laughs> but then it's that Neo Geo we kept being promised. Sega CD. Okay, so so as soon as like Gabriel Byrne hangs up, and then we see him like rushing out of a building. Um, Gabriel Byrne is usually in DC for most of this shit. Yeah. Um, so I guess we were supposed to just assume that he stayed in LA when once he gave her the assignment again. Because um, how how does he how does he get? Yeah, there he's sometimes? he he's like the third or fourth layer of defense. Like after the if something goes wrong with the cleaner, then you got the butcher, and then you got Bob. You know, like he's like the fifth contingency plan. The cleaner, the butcher, the bob. And the candlestick maker. Yeah. yeah. And the chef's lover. (laughs) Yeah. Lady Chantilly's lover. The devil's advocate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, whole contingency upon contingency. Uh, uh, But instead, uh, Maggie, you know, pretending to be the Eastern European bitch, basically goes up to. the bad guy who's just chilling in the hot tub and <laughs> she just puts the gun like right to his head. And is like, okay, go get that disc. And he's like, eh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no. okay. Not quite that, but he's like, nah, I don't think so. And then I guess he has like a bunch of crystal knives by the hot tub. Cause she just grabs something and slices his back. Yeah. And it just looks like a clear candle. I don't know what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I. It was the candlestick from the candlestick maker. Oh, that's it. Oh, contingency. <laughs> Fourth contingency. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, he uh, I don't know gets out, puts a towel on. Who knows? Um, and goes to the computer, and I'm looking at it like, oh, 93 computer. Oh, I love it. <laughs> this is like Terminator 2. <laughs> what's What's your password? I don't want to tell you. <sighs> okay, it's Peddler. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? All right, that's uh, wouldn't have guessed that one. Good call. And uh, yeah, meanwhile, some guy's like checking on the cleaner. He's like, "Hey, you can't park. You gotta take a shit around back with the rest." Like, oh, okay. It just backs over his ass. Yeah, <laughs> throws it in reverse and like knocks the guy. I guess off the mountain. Like he goes off the cliff. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, in Jerry Seinfeld's house, like someone comes crashing through <laughs> the sunroof <laughs> every time. We gotta stay out of La Jolla, Jerry. <laughs> uh, yeah, what happens to her? Yeah, she like downloads the disc, uh, ends up frying the computer. I assume by pouring a glass of water on it. I don't know. And and she's about to you know put two in the guy's head, but then she, I don't know, starts having feelings rush back into her and just hesitates for about five minutes. Yeah. Because uh, he's he, a little beggy, right? Like, he kind of is, like, begging a little bit. Because like, he, he gets into, like, the politics of it. He's like, why yeah. should, you know, why should Americans only have, like, this technology? And, like, oh, don't kill me. Yeah, well, and she hesitates. And, of course, that dirty that dirty man tries to get her. Yeah. Oh, okay, so speaking about the politics thing of it, I was trying, like, all we know about this disc is it has, like, some sort of nuclear information or nuclear something like that. Nuclear secrets. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, is that how to make a bomb? Because even in 93, like, five or six countries have this. Is it, like, cold fusion or something? Because that'll be tackled in the Saint. I got the vibe that it was, like, the coast to the nuclear football or something. I don't know, because one of the countries that he was selling to was Japan. 
Like, that's one of the file names I, I could make out. Oh, yeah. So I think it's just True. supposed to be, like, nuclear energy. Like, maybe more efficient. <gasps> yeah, maybe it is cold fusion. It's how they make Godzilla in 97. Oh, shit. No, wait. <laughs> oh, that was the French. Oh, my it gosh, I don't know. together. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jean Renault's character in Godzilla and his character from the French version, Lefebvre Nikita, same character. Guys. Both clean. That's why this is called Point of No Return. There's no stopping it from here. It's an inevitability. There's no stopping Godzilla. It's a force of nature. He is a force of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm glad we figured it out. Um, So, uh, yeah, basically she escapes. She, like, shoots a couple dudes. She hops in the car with uh, the cleaner. And they're, like, about to ram the gate. But then he, like, pulls a hard left. And they go through the fence instead. And, like, down the hill and onto the road. And, like, oh, wow, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And then they both like pull their guns, try to kill each other. She pulls the e-brake. They go fucking spin it, <laughs> hit the guardrail. They go out of the car. I, I, I guess they kind of crawl out of it later, but like the car's like dangling over the the guardrail. Yeah. So she's taking like uh, refuge underneath the car, like the safest place. It's, yeah, the safest place because it's like teetering. So if it teeters back, it'll miss her. But Harvey Keitel is, like, under it when it, like, falls a bit and pins him. Uh, and she's like, oh, shit, I can get away. And he starts and she starts to crawl out, but he grabs her, uh, is, like, choking her. And this is, like, a really cool bit of, like, physical combat using the environment is the wheels are still spinning on the car. And so she lets him pull her so she can, like, force his arm into the spinning tire. So it, like, starts to, like, at first, like, like uh, breaks through his like clothing and then starts you know breaking his arm, uh, which causes him to like scream out in pain and let her go. That was like oh, I was like that's a pretty clever bit of a uh, of battle there. Yeah, and yeah, then he absolutely. gets crushed. Yeah, and then the car yeah slides gone. off, <laughs> slide off the cliff, boom. <laughs> so then uh, she goes back to her apartment and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Right? You know he was just trying to clean you, so obviously everybody else is going to be trying to clean you. You need to just disappear if you can. Like, oh, and she's back to being the worst. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, says goodbyes to JP while he's sleeping, and I was kind of waiting for him to be an agent the whole time. But nope, that didn't happen. Um, And then the next morning, uh, Uncle Bob comes to visit, and JP's like, yeah, she's gone, bro. She uh, showed up. Didn't even take her shit. Yeah. She woke me up, said... Totally didn't pay rent either, but I don't know. I guess yeah, that's, this isn't even my me, apartment, so. bro. I've been, I've been squatting The owner's going to, like, get real mad at me, but that's cool, I guess. You know, I don't know. If you want to, like, pay for your niece's rent, I guess. That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. That'd be cool, man. <laughs> you know anyone looking to rent? <laughs> I mean, I could try selling this disc with the nuclear secrets, but she said to give it to you. Uh, so could you, like, spot me, like, 300 I don't know. Do you, hey, do, do you smoke? You want to do some weed? <laughs> yeah, bro. We could work something out. In, uh, instead... I don't know. You're European. They're cool with this. They're cool, yeah, right? They're cool, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, you want you want to like go surfing or something? You know, yeah. I don't have a lot of friends. What are you doing later? I rented Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but then okay, so yeah, he gives a uh, uh, Bob the disc. And then Bob just, like, takes the Nina Simone record, like, I'm going to take this, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, whatever, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even mine, brah. <laughs> this is going to Goodwill anyway, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have it cleared out by Friday. So if you want to like help me like put it in boxes, uh, wait, where are you going? I'll I'll buy a pizza when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I still have this pecan pie from the trip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, Gabriel, uh, Bob drives off, and then uh, we see that uh, Maggie is just like standing there in the alley watching him. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then we see him like flip it in reverse and go back looking down the yeah, alley. Yeah, that is that is very weird because <laughs> yeah. he is like straight up pulls away, and then yeah. we see her and she starts walking away, and then we see his car like back into frame. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, was it supposed to be like he saw her while he was pulling away because the angle's weird? Or did he no, see her the he whole just, time and he just he like pulled her. out and was like, He sensed her. Yeah, yeah. They have a bond. Yeah, but then uh, Bob calls in uh, to Miguel Ferrer and is basically like, Oi, boyo. I, uh, things went sideways, but it looks like uh, we got the guy. Uh, we got the cleaners dead and and the girl. The girl. The girl. The girl's dead too. I'm like, Jesus, just spit it out. We know what you're gonna do. But uh, they should have just showed Miguel Ferrer on the other side being like, "You're fucking lying, dude. Like, she was dead. You yeah. just say she's dead. It took way too long. You're coming up with something. Yeah. Bullshit. You think they're only operative watching it? Yeah. And we see her get like sniped by like two right. dudes. <laughs> you're fucking compromised, Bob. Roll credits. <laughs> no. Uh, so... Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we see uh, we see Maggie walking away, and um, and and the the tone of the theme music finally picked up, and that's when I was like, oh, it's like the the main part of I Will Survive. And then we stare at a poster of her for the next five minutes while the credits roll. Yeah, because he was a photographer. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Oh, he I get took it. the picture. I get it. it. It's her true self, he, or is he it? He left only footprints. He took only photos. <laughs> do you think Bridget Fonda still has that poster though yeah <laughs> either that or somebody's fapping it to that poster and want it on eBay right at this moment mm. so yeah guys that's a point of no return <laughs> no turning back now uh, Mike would you recommend this movie oh absolutely I I think this is a solid a solid action movie from because it's, it's barely an action movie like it it's almost like it's a weird like character piece um like it's not well written enough to be like when david mamet writes like this kind of thing with like uh that val kilmer movie um spartan um like it's it's not actually enough to be an action movie but it's it's fun uh kind of exciting it's a good movie i like it excellent how about you babe yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I'd forgotten pretty much everything about this movie. There were things that felt familiar, but I feel like I just may have seen this in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s on, like, TBS. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Without the, the man-ass and boobies at Mardi Gras? I mean, it was, TV, it was cable, so maybe yeah. even with that. <laughs> TBS would not have shown boobies. <laughs> or a man ass. <laughs> I'm I'm willing yeah, I, I bet you there's like a cable edit that has that shot just with like the girl's got a bra and it cuts away before you see the guest butt. <laughs> it's like showgirls, it's got the little CGI yeah. <laughs> on. Nice. Uh yeah, I I recommend it too. It, it, it was good. I mean, I, I kinda like the genre, but this is definitely like one of the the better executed ones, I guess. Because <laughs> we'll be talking about more of them later this month and uh we'll see. 
All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. <gasps> oh, when we come back, mm -hmm. we have more beer, <gasps> fun facts, <gasps> and what we learned from Point <laughs> of No Return. Oh! Hey, everybody. Are you looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the holidays? Do you like supporting the arts? Well, then you need to check out untidyvenus.etsy.com, the top one-stop shop that always pops her top. Are you a fan of dinosaurs? Snacks? Dinosaurs made out of snacks? Movie monsters? Unicorns? Cats? Dogs? Rats? Shrimp? Pokemon? Tie-dye? Paracord bracelets? Paracord dog leashes? Enamel pins? Coloring books? Block prints? Watercolor? Pet portraits? Buttons? Magnets? Stickers? Bottle openers? Artist trading cards? Or really anything else that's awesome? Then stop on by untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. New items are popping up all the time, so be sure to follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at Untidy Venus. Or visit her website at izzycreates.com for the latest. Did I mention the Snackosaurs? How about Gary the Unicorns? Untidyvenus.etsy.com, the goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Check it out now. Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From our favorite fandoms to the occasional girl talk and our ongoing book club, we bring everything to you with a feminine eye. You can find us on all of your favorite podcatchers, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and at our own website, nerdybitches.com. You can also find us at our new home on the Age of Radio Podcast Network, along with other great shows at ageofradio.org. Make sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. I want to rub my gums on this wire. I rub my asshole on the microphone. I hope you're talking about the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. E sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're talking about weird sex stuff. Come on. <laughs> hey, I told you guys about, like, like spitting stuffing into a partner's mouth. So, like, <laughs> Look, you podcast your way. It was, it was, the, it was the worst. Yeah. You know, I, here's the thing. Everybody's got to make mistakes, and hopefully somebody learns from yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the first times uh my my lovely wife uh did the whole like you, you know you see in the movies where like you like lick up someone's face like a like from the chin up the nose we up off the forehead walking through a parking lot yeah eating ice cream he had a dribble and i was like oh this will be really romantic i was like wait i got this and i licked his chin and he just stared at me and like straight up it's like our fourth date and he's like Never do that again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. That was much more romantic like, in my head. It's like, no, no, no. I, I've seen those movies too. Just I've never. Uh. <laughs> You've never been licked. <laughs> I thought those were all comedies. <laughs> in the mean streets of Steel Town, Detective John Claw is the law. <laughs> Jesus, John. He wasn't even resisting arrest. But when the warlords of Africa come to town, even the law needs some help. John, you've lost three partners this month, but we brought in an expert. Meet your new partner. She's been working with Interpol for years. Amy, good, good, gorilla. Captain, no. I don't partner with no talking monkey. Amy, no, monkey. Jesus, John, get woke, will you? She's an ape. And she's been following this Mokeli Mobibi character for years. You're not the only one that wants to take this some bitch down. <laughs> you did pretty good out there tonight. <laughs>
Clink. What are you after, my baby? Amy, want justice. Bad man, kill family. What? I didn't know he killed your family. Drugs, guns, human trafficking, poaching. Mokele Mabimbi is one evil man. I want Claw and his family dead. Michael Jai White as Mokele Mabimbi. You're too late, John. Now your girlfriend has to pay. Elizabeth Shue, because we need a girl in this movie. John, no! Save yourself! Jean-Claude Van Damme as John Claw. No! And in her triumphant return to cinema, the star of Congo, Amy. <laughs> Amy, I'm glad you could make it. As you can see, I made a vest out of your father. Amy, want justice. Kill ugly bad man. <laughs> you can try. Amy, no, try. Amy, do. <laughs> Coming this fall, Banana Splits, Monkey See, Monkey Die. Directed by Simon West. Hi, this is Ernie Hudson, Winston Zedmore from Ghostbusters, from Oz, The Hand That Rocks, The Cradle of the Crow, Grayson, Frankie, uh, Monroe Kelly, and Congo. You're a great white hunter, though I happen to be black. Steve, Izzy, just want to give you a shout out and let you know to someone that you are truly loved and appreciated, as you truly are amazing. If anyone has the tools and the talent, it's you. <laughs> just keep having fun, stay healthy, safe, and of course, always, keep on busting. And we're back. Oh my god, Steve, those are the greatest ads that I've ever added in the history of adding. Oh, she said it. I get better every week. Oh man, babe, I don't know about you. I'm uh, <clears throat> a little dry. You got oh, anything to I've... moisten me? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a little sober. So we have Wicked Sea Party uh, Hazy Pale Ale from... TF Brewing? TF Brewing! It has lobsters on it. It sure does. Five uh, percent alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. Yeah, and just more lobsters. <laughs> Rock lobster. I'm gonna pop my top. <laughs> my top. Ooh, all right. Uh, I just realized as I popped this top, this is one of those older ones. I uh-huh. think we got this when we got this uh, Oktoberfest, not this year. Oh. <laughs> well it's uh, well carbonated it's still bubbling right uh yeah quite bubbly quite effervescent the aroma is quite hoppy still so that's a good sign Ooh. the pour yeah. oh much effervescence oh sorry there's cat hair in my cup i'm gonna get that real quick <laughs> free the cat hair all right and continuing with the pour uh, yes, this has a lot of uh, fairly large bubbles that appear to be dissipating quickly. Large bubbles dissipating quickly. Yeah, a lot of like pine aroma right on the nose. Beautiful golden color, lightly hazy. Steve's got in for the sip. Yeah, very, very bubbly and effervescent. <laughs> um, yeah, not as hoppy as you might get from the aroma. But yeah, definitely on the dry end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's tasty. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little citrus and... Yeah, just nice, uh, almost kind of like salty notes to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Interesting. Yeah, it, it's almost got like n- like notes of a gose, but without being a sour. Yeah. If that makes sense. like You know, it's like a brute. It's like a salted brute almost. Yeah, not bad at all. 
Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, also, again, maybe it's a little year older. Uh, trying to be a hazy pale ale, usually they're uh, kind of juicier and whatnot. But yeah, this based on the uh, bubbles here, this might have continued fermentation a bit. <laughs> it turned into a brewed IPA through fermentation. Yeah, right. I'm down with that. Uh, Mike, how is that day old coffee treating you? You know, I decided to um, move on to something a little bit uh, stronger. <gasps> um, Did you get which... a fresh coffee? Yes. Uh, well, technically, there was old coffee still left in the coffee maker, and I just heated up on the stove a little bit and uh, poured myself. It's about a half cup. Won't keep me up all night. Will just give me a nice toasty feeling inside. Nice. Ah, mm. oh, the bachelor life. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, would either of you be interested in any fun facts? I don't know. Are they super fun facts because they're fun fun facts? I want to get fact up. Yeah, get fact up. Fact me up. All right, guys. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the critics and audience were actually pretty similar. What do you think they thought of Point of No Return? Mike, as our guest, would you like to go first? I'm willing to bet it, there's a lot of lukewarm. The, a, a lot of critics are using the term lukewarm. Um, like, because it, it's not good enough to be like, oh, wow, this is great. But it gets a lot of like, oh, this is lukewarm actioner or like, oh, it's decent, but nothing, you know, don't go out of your way. I'm, that's what I'm willing to bet is kind of the through line. Right, so out, out of the 100 percent, what do you uh, what do you think? We're I, w- I would say it's high 60s, low 70s. All right. How about you, Bit? I think this is going to be fresh, but just barely. I'm going to go 60 percent. It is 52% with the critics and 50 with the audience. So, God damn the audience and the critics. God right damn down the middle. Right? Yeah, I, I would have guessed like mid, mid-60s, mid low-70s, somewhere around there. But, yeah. Um, I don't have what the budget of the film was, but the worldwide gross was $30 million. So probably not a huge hit. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Bridget Fonda was cast after... Jodie Foster and Winona Ryder turned it down. I could see it. Guys, I have a type. Guys, picture Nell era Jodie Foster in this role. Yeah, like Foster's too old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Ryder would be okay, but is was so wispy, especially then. Like, I don't think she would have been able to pull it off. I yeah. As here's the thing, I don't. I wouldn't believe Ryder as like in any of the action scenes because yeah, mm-hmm. she was just such a waif. I mean, Bridget Fonda's not exactly a stocky built, you know what no, I mean? No, 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 I know, yeah, no, that, and like all three of them are, are relatively waspy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Halle Berry apparently expressed interest in playing Maggie and lobbied for the role, but director John Badham did not feel that she was right for the role. Also, she would have been like fresh off of like Last Boy Scout or something. Like. She would have been Baby Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was titled Nikita during filming. Uh, producer Art Linson and Warner Brothers settled on a new title during post-production, The Specialist. However, <laughs> two months before the film was to be released, Linson was contacted by Warner Brothers executive Bruce Berman and told that the title would be changed to Point of No Return. <gasps> Warner Brothers gave the working title to an upcoming Steven Seagal vehicle, which was yet to be filmed, but ultimately that movie became 1994's The Specialist. With Sylvester Stallone after Seagal had dropped out. I had no idea Seagal was a part of that. Oh, <laughs> wow. My. The world was saved. Um, it seems weird that they would want to, obviously, like, 
based on La Femme Nikita. So like calling it Nikita would kind of make sense. But if you needed to come up with a secondary title, like wouldn't Nina be the the title to go with? Totally. Uh, or Little Nikita. That movie, ha- that title hasn't been used on a movie, right? Yeah. Snow River Phoenix. And, no, no. <laughs> Actually, Sydney re- Poitier. Yeah. I remember really liking that movie when I watched it. I remember not understanding that movie when I saw it as a kid because it's it's a spy movie. It's about like the Cold War and about like um, families living undercover. Like the, I yeah, it's White Widow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just watched it because my sister rented it because River Phoenix was in it, and I remember us both not really understanding it. Yeah, yeah we uh, we saw it because uh, we got. <laughs> It was like some $10 DVD compilation thing online of like 80s heartthrobs. And so it was like River Phoenix in Little Nikita and Robert Downey Jr. in True Believer with James Woods. Yes. See Thomas Howell in Side Out. (laughs) Wow. The Legend of Billie Jean. Oh, Legend of Billie Jean. So good. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) I was afraid Legend of Billie Jean was going to be a weird sequel to the uh, Billy Jack movies and i was i was i was terrified so scared man in a weird way that legend of billy jean is kind of a spiritual successor to yeah i mean like like i would believe they could be in the same universe like if you watch them all together you'd be traumatized for life yeah after the trial of billy jack you just followed up i don't know she doesn't take her shoes off enough yeah that's true (laughs) this is quick tarantino talk now (laughs) <laughs> Never watch Billy Jack. Just don't watch any of them. <laughs> well, in uh, in Europe and Asia, the film was retitled to The Assassin after it underperformed in the U.S. with its original title. Uh, Warner Brothers felt the new title would help sell the action element. It didn't work, apparently. Yeah. What? And guys, no. did you see John Bottom? Uh, sorry, Bottom. John Badham in this movie. He had a cameo. He oh. was the room service waiter. Oh, <laughs> oh the guy who's... Uh, oh, wait, the room service waiter in New Orleans? Yeah, the one that actually brings in the... Uh, gotcha. When, when, she, when he's, like, proposing now, yeah? and she's, like, killing the guy out the window. Honestly, I thought he was going to pull a gun out and, there and pop JP and go after her, thought, too. Yeah, I thought I thought he was a cleaner, I won't lie. <laughs> the guy was yeah, because he doesn't look lace. like a normal person enough. Like, he looks like someone you should remember yeah he, he had the like, glasses on and everything glasses so, he had his yeah. hair combed like he actually kind of now in hindsight looked like harvey cartel's character yeah oh shit yeah. maybe that was the alternate uh cut or something oh, shit. <laughs> and, and it would be the ultimate m night move for the director to just come in and kill everybody roll credits oh well, yeah so i could see that, is... that being a twist is like there's a cleaner or like just another agent there to who who's there to distract the boyfriend to keep Keep him from distracting her yeah. where so if he does and she fails to do the assassination he kills both of them and they exactly leaves. like that, that that's my new headcanon for that character guys we're making a better movie here yeah well so that's what i was saying in the beginning like this movie you really never know who's safe like it would totally fit into this movie if like yeah she, she's like oh you know i'm in love i'm gonna run off with him they kill her in front of him and are like you soft boy you're our new agent get into the training program <laughs> there you go All right, well, we've reached the most important part. What did we learn from Point of No Return? Uh, Michael, would you like to go first? Yes. 
here's there's two things. One one I have, and I'm going to stall while I think of the other one. Um, <laughs> so the first one is getting back to that that room service scene. I learned that it's most likely an act, actor's choice is that Bridget Fonda mispronounces pecan pie because um, she orders pecan pie, which no pecan pie. Pecan it's pecan pie. pie. Pecan pie is said by rubes and idiots. That's my hard or take. Southern. Well, mm-hmm. like I said, <laughs> oh, this like just I in said, downloads in Louisiana is down twenty <laughs> percent. Now, now, Mike, I hope you know that it's almonds when they're on the tree, and it's almonds when they're off the tree. Oh my God! Just, words have meanings, everyone. Do you know why? Why? Because you got to shake the L out of them to get the get them off the tree. But oof, that's not even as good as the duck joke in this movie. <laughs> What, what can be as good as the duck joke? joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So other thing I learned in this movie. You, if you have an accent, um, just just use it. Like, d- don't worry about cover story or anything because no, everyone's too polite to ask about the origin of your accent. So if you got one, just use it and say you're from Kansas and everyone's fine with it. That's a lovely accent you have there, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gerard Boyle. Butler's new backstory. Yeah. <laughs> All right, babe. How about you? Did you learn anything? I did. I learned, guys. Canned raviolis is not sexy food. No. Nope. Nope. For the first time in her life, she's realizing this. Even Bridge, even Bridget Fonda couldn't make it sexy. <laughs> she sort of looked like a raged raccoon who was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> She starts nosing the meatball over to you, like, uh, I mean, it's kind of hot, but... It's a trap! It's a trap! She's yeah. gonna bite you! She's gonna bite you, steal your garlic bread! You know how I know? I've been inside her mind! Uh, I learned, if you believe you're pretty, then you will be pretty. Mm, That's yes. not true. I tried to believe I was pretty, and I'm still not pretty. <laughs> Uh, I also learned uh, if you kill a couple cops, they'll put you right to lethal injection, like, <laughs> that day. I mean, maybe in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yeah, usually they just put two in the back of the head, like, oh, he fell. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he fell under these bullets. <laughs> and if uh, you gotta, you find yourself in a sticky situation, all you gotta do is text Harvey Keitel. He'll show up and take care of everything. Yeah. Probably to it's this a, day. It's a trend. <laughs> Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on Everything I Learned From Movies. Um, I understand you also have a podcast or two. I do have a podcast. I am the host of Burn After Pitching. It's a comedy pitching podcast where we have on uh, comedians, writers, other podcasters on our panel to pitch their ideas on a subject ranging from new ice cream flavors to movie tie-ins to holiday blockbusters. That's Burn After Pitching. Uh, Let's see. Uh, also, I write a comic book series right now that you can find in your local comic book store called Orcs in Space. It's a sci-fi comedy. I, I'm writing with uh, Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty. Uh, it's about three idiot orcs who steal the most advanced spaceship in the galaxy and have wild adventures. Excellent. And I can find this at my local comic book store, or do I have them contact somebody to make that a thing? It should. It's available through... Uh, through regular comic book ordering channels uh some stores you do usually have to be like hey can you order this for me uh it's not necessarily a book uh that every store is going to order a copy of but if you any good comic book store will order any comic book you want 
because uh, they want your business. And if they won't order any comic you want, find a different comic book store because that store is super shitty. Yeah, well, take that. But what if I wanted to buy something from you, Michael Tanner? Oh, if you wanted to buy personally from me, uh, you can visit my website, buymichaeltanner.com, where you can visit my web store, where you can B-U-Y Michael Tanner comic books at B-U-Y Michael Tanner.com. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, babe, are you on social media now? I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias under Untidy Venus. I have a Patreon where you can watch me create art over at Untidy Venus. And I have an Etsy shop where you can purchase said art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. Excellent. How about you, Steve? Where would we find you? Oh, well, we're on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned From Movies, where you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Patreon at E-I-L-F Movies. That's Everything I Learned From Movies. Um, yeah, you know you know the deal. We're going to continue talking about female assassin movies all month. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. And uh, I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And I'm Michael Tanner. And this is... Everything I learned from movies. Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.